0: thought I'd be kind of funny. My grandkids are up here and one of them walks up and sits by me and I kind of got up jokingly and kind of asked him like, why don't you go on up there knowing he would shy back. He started up. I had to put him back down. (laughs) Now you might have liked it better, but I, I... Today as a... Uh, A day that I, it's a new time of my life. I've never celebrated this or tried to celebrate this again. It's the first day in my entire life that my mother is in heaven during Mother's Day. And so it's hard. uh, Just kind of, there's a missing of that. But knowing that I I look forward to that, heaven always begins to be more and more attractive when everybody I love and know keeps going there. And uh, earlier I, first service, I saw... Uh, one of the gladders come in and go over to their mom and give them a big hug and and I encourage you uh, that uh, at the opportunity, if the opportunity is there, don't delay, don't wait on it uh, look for opportunities to go and bless mothers for doing that. Uh, I, I want you to raise your hands this is a, a survey and it's, usually it's a pretty accurate one how many of you in here have had a mother? <laughs> okay. so everybody is affected today and uh, today we're gonna look at something and uh, we're not gonna go into a whole lot of teaching other than I'm gonna make an attempt to try to prepare your hearts and my hearts for what's coming for the next 12 weeks. I feel and I believe that so often we make the mistake of dividing God into parts we hear about his sovereignty, we hear about his love, we hear about his mercy, we hear about his grace, and it's like we take these little pieces like a, 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 a recipe and we, we kinda take and we look at these parts and these parts and these parts. God cannot be seen nor can any of his attributes be seen that way. He is one, he is complete, In the same manner that nobody in this room can define, describe, and understand the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit being God, being one, being three different people, it'll drive you insane. And the same thing that happens with God and his character, and every time we hope we come and we look open the scriptures, we're looking to find out more and more about this holy God and his loving character which will affect our life. Well, I believe that over the last year, uh, I mean 10 years, and even before that, because Rob was on the same page, and even before that, Dwayne, which I knew fairly well, was on the same page, trying to bring an understanding of grace into our minds. We have a religious world that loves to put laws and restrictions and do's and don'ts on everybody, and many of us, if not most of us, have been entrapped by that. And so when you're entrapped by that, and, and you're under bondage, and you're squeezed into kind of a mold that does the very opposite of what it was intended to do, the very thing you want it to stop, it causes it to be aroused, then all of a sudden you hear this message of the song that we just sang. That death was arrested, when, when grace and life came, and, and it's just like fresh air, and we breathe this air, and it's fresh, and it's like, wow, does this... Breathe well, it smells well, there's even an odor to it that's beautiful. Well, the tendency for anybody is to then swing way over here and we begin to go ahead and we look at this grace and we begin to bathe in it. But then we hear about all the other aspects of grace, and we have tried, I think, as a body. When I say we, I am talking about the body of Rimrock. I'm not talking about certain individuals, but I believe we have tried to do the same thing we do with God, we compartmentize it. And so you take grace, we take law, we put it over here, we take under the law over here, we take licentiousness over here, we take obedience over here, and we kind of try to study it in little pieces, and, and nothing really comes with power. And, and, and I believe in some sense, we as a people are ready to move deeper into God's truths. I believe there's a lot of things that are going to be challenged. Charles Swindoll, a great t- speaker that when I grew up, he did a lot of speaking. He said, you know, nobody really is balanced because we always swing over the pendulum over here and the only time we're balanced is when this pendulum's on its way back through and it hits right here. And we come over here. Well, we are going to try to attempt something in the next 12 weeks that I encourage you, stay with us. Don't make any big decisions in your life for a while. I believe that it will wrap itself up, it will start to make a big effect in your life, and it will start to have impact. Because many, many of the questions that I get that ask me from people in here, I do not believe people truly understand grace. I think... A lot of us are like the Galatian people. We understand that we couldn't earn our salvation, and Nick will be talking about that next week. But I think we get confused with all of it. And it burns in my heart for you to be set free. You see, a lot of times when somebody is truly a victim of abuse and truly somebody has taken advantage of a person and they've abused that person, that person... uh, is a victim of that abuse. And they truly are. And as they go ahead and they understand that they are going to be almost gun-shy of any type of thing that looks like whatever it was that abused them. And that's what it is like law. Well, I tell you, in my life, uh, after I, God revealed and took the veil off my life and let me see his grace and who he was and I could actually know him I was absolutely blown away that life... I I thought, why in the world doesn't the world know about this God that can actually come and be with people? I was just shocked, but it wasn't long till the religious culture got a hold of me and I became very religious and very legalistic. I didn't intend to go there, but it itself started to choke me. And one period of time in my life way back in the 70s, I got choked till I fell to my knees and lost 32 pounds and just vomiting in 10 days of just the pain of being caught in that. The good news, it's why I do what I do now. It's why I bring these messages to you the best I know how now. And there's a tendency that we run from that and then we want to stay over here and we want to stay in this kind of what we call our real peaceful little thing called grace. And really sometimes it's not grace because if grace doesn't include all the aspects that we will cover in the 12 weeks we're coming, it's not grace. No more miserable person in the world is somebody that remains a victim. Paul says we were victims but thus no longer. That we come to a place of saying, okay, we are going to talk about some things and a lot of you may get uncomfortable in the next 12 weeks. I can promise you, I have been uncomfortable. Because most of these things will always start when God begins to bring these truths and he's decided in Rimrock to come and make a deeper walk in our life. It will start with the leadership of this church and it will go all the way on down. Nobody untouched here is my word to you it isn't because God's wanting to make you miserable I look at these kids right here and they're my grandkids so they touch my heart a lot more but anything that their mom and their dad does to discipline them to bring correction in their life is never for punishment ever it's always for godly instruction because of their love and their acceptance for them so during this 12 weeks, if something kind of gets lifted off and you feel like, okay, i got to go to the woodshed with God, I call the woodshed because I, I have a guy that works with me. He's worked with me for a long time. And, and anytime I get caught in any type of thing or I need counsel, I usually go to him. And uh, I used to, when I was the boss, uh, I used to go ahead and say, hey, Mark, I need to talk to you in my room. And he said, don't say that. My dad used to say, I need to talk to you in the woodshed. and uh, So he always thinks I'm going to yell at him if I went that way. But guess what? A lot of us are going to go to the woodshed in the next 12 weeks. Don't resist it. Because it will be for liberty. Remember in Galatians 5, he says, wasn't it for freedom that we were set free? Then why do we keep putting ourselves back underneath yokes of slavery? Now, many of you know, in the context of that scripture, they were putting themselves back under the yoke of slavery, of getting back under the law again. But in chapter five, later on in that verse, guess what? There's another yoke of slavery, and that's using grace as a license to sin. And that we don't know that it calls us to a holy life, and so we think sometimes, and we hear this, well, I I got drunk last night. Oh, but I'm under grace then you've missed the concept of what we're teaching. If God tells you not to get drunk, it's not because he wants you under law, it's because he wants you to be in-house and encapsulated by the Holy Spirit so that you can be sensitive in a union with God. You can't do both. So as God brings us to the woodshed and he brings us and brings these things out into the open, I encourage you, this 12 weeks could be the most freeing thing and a key to unlock times where you've maybe been in prison because you've compartmentized all of these truths about grace. When it says grace is enough in the song you chose, Tom, that word grace encapsules all of what we're talking about from the beauty of instruction of God, the wisdom of his word and the truths and the manual of how to live life, as also to know how to not get under the law, how to know to be obedient as a vessel to come out, You can't take one of these, and we can't take one of these principles without it wrapping itself up in the other ones. Does that make sense to you in some way? We get in trouble when we try to compartmentize it. I've had the privilege, the luxury, of seeing numerous ministries and numerous churches all over the country, and for some reason... God has put his hand on this church. I don't know why. I can promise you this, it definitely isn't because of the eloquent preachers. I I said this the first service. I said, I want to tell you something. Those of you that know me well right here know that I am not eloquent. Now I said this the first service and I read it, and one of one of my friends out there says, I thought you said he doesn't like elephants. Or cats, or no, okay. And I said, I could have said that. I have no idea what comes out of this mouth sometimes. Christ did not send me First Corinthians. Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach to you this gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence or elephants, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. I want you to hold that. I believe we have, in some ways, an empty message when we just embrace the freedom of grace because if it's not with power and it isn't changing lives and changing homes and changing marriages and changing all kinds of things, it's just empty. My message and my preaching, it says in 1 Corinthians, was not with wise and persuasive words at all but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So that your faith might not rest on any human wisdom, but on God's power alone. 1 Corinthians 2, it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God is preparing for you who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit, and the spirit will search all things, and even the deep things of God. Remrock, I think it's time we move on to the deep things of God. I think it's time that when people look at you, you just don't say, well, they're kind of free. You know, they're kind of free. They're the Grace Church. They, they get to sin up there. I think it's time that people look at us and they somehow see the presence of a holy God and they fall to their knees and they say, there is power going on up there. And it's not necessarily up here. It's just that wherever you touch, frankly, uh, this service is a little better than the 9 o'clock. I looked out, the 9 o'clock was completely packed, and I'm sitting here thinking, hmm, sunny day, 70 degrees, Mother's Day, what are you doing here? <laughs> and you can download, I guess, the sermons. Now, I'm not telling you have to leave. But I want, wherever we go, that people begin to see what he calls the whole gospel of grace this may be hard and I want to clarify something two things before I go any further number one God absolutely loves you if you heard my last sermon last time you'll realize there is no reason for guilt God has done his job and he did it well and he said it is finished So when you begin to hear some of the messages unfold, and it sounds like God is demanding some things from you, it doesn't mean he doesn't love you and you're not valued and you don't have worth. It means he's wanting to bring you into freedom to understand the best that he has for you. And also as God begins to, to reveal things, whether it's by some of the things we say, if there are some things in your life or in the past that we begin to touch, We are not going back to your former days. The Bible said it's not by wisdom that I look at these former days, but I am addressing where you are right now that God is going to start demanding holiness in this church. And it's not because, oh, fire and brimstone. It's because you were made for holiness. We were designed as as vessels for the holy God to inhabit so that he might come and reflect his life. And guys, when we do that, there is no greater joy on this planet than to walk in holiness. We of all people in the world ought to look at it and we ought to be hushed by sin. In some ways, and again please, there are remnants that are not, but God has put this on my heart. There are remnants of people here that I know understand this way deeper than I do. But we have become somewhat of a people that has let this good feeling of grace move into just our emotions and we let our emotions rule our life whatever they, we, our emotions say are good we follow and say that's good whatever emotions say are bad we say are bad and God wants to step in and be our authority so that we can walk in the manner that he wants us to walk just like when little Nick and Sherry are with Brogan or Finn or whatever it is every choice they're making is for their benefit I always tell kids that come in who, who just wish they had another parent And I said, you guys, there's nobody on the planet that is for your best, better than your mother's. And that's normally the case. And I know all of us, some of us have had bad experiences. But on a whole, it's just built into the the heart of a mother. That's why in Isaiah it says, would or could a woman ever, ever leave the child of her womb? It's basically saying never, that is absolutely uncalled for but it says in the later days even these things might happen when we exchange our authority for God through the Holy Spirit through his word revealing to us truth for our own truth God says this generation has become a feared generation of people because their authority is originating from within their own selves we think our way will be better and I can assure you it will not be better I stand here as a testimony to tell you that from my own life. Every time that I think that my way might be better, I don't care what it is, it always comes back to haunt you. Now, I know it's a little sober in here right now. The intent is that you might see the hope that is set before you, because I really know when a person sees who God is in his entirety, and what grace is, matter of fact, it's one of his names, his grace is his entirety. We of all the people will be set free, not in human wisdom, but in power in this place. My encouragement to you is in the next 12 weeks, I've left a, a bunch of printouts of the book of Galatians from the translator that translated the Phillips translation. I think he did the most incredible job of translating the Philips, I mean the Galatians. I would encourage you to take it home and for the next 12 weeks, read it as a family. Now listen, I'm not telling you if you don't do that, that you're not a good Christian, God doesn't love you, and your points are going to be lost. You don't have to read it. I just think it would be a great idea if Rimrock, as a body, began to seek God in this manner and say, God we want you to search our heart as a body. Search us and let us know where we are caught up and we've made this a confusing thing and let us put this all together in such a way that you are reflected and you are glorified and therefore my love for mankind will be utmost on my heart. I believe we can absolutely, absolutely do something and almost a revival within here. But I do know this. If we choose not to, If we choose to not move into the holiness of God, I believe God may choose somewhere else to make this message alive. I really do, because it's consistent through all of Scripture. I think he's given us an opportunity, people, to go deep into the things of God. There is no excuse for anybody in here to say, well, they're not preaching that God loves you. We have bombarded it. Would you agree? You are loved, period, and you can't get out of it. But you weren't called for that. Listen to the scripture as I read to you a portion of scripture. Ephesians 2, starting with verse 4. But God being rich, listen to the words of this, but God being rich in his mercy, mercy is you and I didn't get what we deserved. Rich in his mercy because of his great, overpowering, agape love with which he has loved us and still loves us. Even when we were dead in our sins and our transgressions and our wrongs and following our own hearts, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And raised up with him, seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, in order that in the ages to come that he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Kindness towards us. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God alone. It's not a result of any works that no one can ever boast. Now listen to this. Because of that, because of those things I have said, Paul says, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we would learn to walk in them. I believe it's time we begin to walk in good works in this congregation. Now, there are people that are going to say to you, because they've misunderstood it, and you challenge them, maybe your wife and your husband says, I'll be home at five and you, pick di- you fix dinner and he doesn't come home at five, and maybe six times in a row, he comes home an hour, an hour and a half later, and you go ahead and say, when you say you're gonna be home at five, and I cook a meal, I want you to at least start being home at five or call me, and he makes, you're putting me under performance. That is not under performance. Do you understand that? When we challenge somebody we love with a certain behavior, we're not putting them under law, we're not putting them under performance. We're calling them to who they are in Christ. That's why in Romans chapter 6, when it goes down right after chapter 5, and it says, gosh, when we sin, grace abounds all the more. We sin, grace abounds all the more. Why don't we keep sinning so that grace will abound the more? And what's he say? May it never be with you who cr- dwells, that Christ dwells in you that isn't who you are anymore. I've handed you this also these are some questions and I want to encourage you if you have questions that you would like to give us, give to the elders, give to me or give it to the office or put it in the, into the offering that you say this has always been unclear this part of it, please write them down I can't guess where you are these are some that came from some of the leaders in this church Since God loves us unconditionally, can he be deeply disappointed with us? I'd like you to ponder this with your kids. I'd like you to ponder it. Now, by the way, let me tell you a warning with kids. I just found out yesterday. Nick has asked me to kind of help coach, be his legs to help coach there. And so I'm kind of giddy. I'm kind of excited. It's been a long time since I've been on the field. Last time I coached, kids had an attention span. I think it's the electronics but I tell you what they do not have the attention span that they used to have. Okay. It is amazing. You try to go ahead and then yesterday I go to, I don't know if anybody's here, but there was a recital, a dance recital at the, at the Civic Center, awesome. I took care during the recital, we all did, a two-year-old for two hours. For an hour and a half. Then you wonder why they're kind of nervous walking around during a dance recital at a two-year-old. Okay. Here's my warning to you. Take these questions. Don't say, okay, family, we're going to sit down. We're going to have an hour discussion. Just open it up a little bit and talk about these questions. Maybe you'll find out, I have no idea. Since God loves us unconditionally can he be deeply disappointed with us? Ponder that question. Discuss the difference between living under the law and living according to the law or the truths of God. What's the difference between those? How does God's discipline fit into this whole thing? When someone challenges your behavior, that does not mean, or does that mean, that they're putting you under the law? Now, could, it may not, it could ponder that. Here's one I had to add. Is it wrong to use electronics when sitting with someone at dinner? Now see, they already have answers for this. Guess what? If you will ponder that and think about it and talk about it, I'll bet you come up with really interesting answers to that. I bet you do. But sometimes we get so sold on something, how does this message fit into these electronic boxes that we are now contr- controlling our lives? Here's my, my hope. At the end of this 12 weeks, when we're done trying to at least bring out the little bit, the drip of knowledge that God has put in our heart, I believe that this whole package of grace as a whole, not cut in pieces, will affect your parenting, your marriage, your work, your taxes, your money, your electronics, I believe it will enter into every area of your life for freedom. For freedom. We're going to do communion now, and if Tom, if you'd come up, people, we're going to do communion. And God has told us in communion to do this always, whenever you eat, whenever you drink, do it always in remembrance of me. Not that you remember, oh Jesus, He's talking about his broken body, his blood that comes in and tabernacles inside you. And I I want you to do something today in communion. If you are ready to say, God, I am an open clay for you to mold in how this grace unfolds itself. I want to be a servant to you and I want to use this as a reminder that you came to live in me that I might live in grace and truth. Then I want you to come up Have communion and be honest with God. Don't just take it. But basically, you're making a covenant to say, God, have your way in my life. I don't care if I have to go to the woodshed or not. I want to live in freedom that you designed. If you're not ready for that, it's okay. There's a season for everybody's life. Just talk with him and pray with him, but don't come take communion because you're making a covenant with God to say, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's get at it. Go for it. Pray with me. Father, I, as you can tell, if you've known this whole last couple weeks, I am giddy about where this could go. I'm giddy about what it will do in my life. I understand, Lord, that it won't be always comfortable. But I believe there's a cleansing that needs to take place in this church. And I believe your Holy Spirit is eager to cleanse and eager to come in and eager to transform your beautiful people into who they really are so that we might see, experience, and be a part of that. Holy Spirit, have your way in our life. And it's in Jesus' name we ask you it. Amen.